Come with me, we're going to Silicon Valley. Like it or not, we live in a disposable society. Where one minute, we have the latest and greatest. And within one year, it's outdated, old, unacceptable by the standards of anyone who's even considering themselves to be at all tech savvy. It's a shame in a way, but the acceleration of progress that the Silicon Age has led to has simply made it impossible for us to live in the past much, much more than a year. In 1986, an engineer at a disk drive company realized that every time a new drive came out with its greater density, faster transfer rates, that literally thousands of these drives were just put out, trashed. And using the model of a military surplus store or places like the Axeman back in Wisconsin, the idea of a technology surplus store began with Weird Stuff Warehouse. And a physical description of Weird Stuff doesn't do it justice because it can simply be boiled down to this. The front had entire systems and software and the back had everything else technological you could imagine and a few things that weren't. The front was organized like a computer store, only selling older, used, refurbished often material, while the back room was chaos. It was a thrift store, except with 1970s polyester replaced with disk drives, SD cards, cables, sometimes whole systems, oscilloscopes. You might find a 1970s cash register. You might find a 1999 digital recorder. You might find dozens of 1950s tape dispensers. I had to go there professionally once in a while. We were looking for objects for exhibits. We even found some things. A laser disc of Fantasia. Examples of reel-to-reel -reel tape. Wire recording old memory technologies. Places like Weird Stuff were their often final resting place. And it wasn't entirely rare for something to show up there two or three times. The thousands and thousands of objects of every sort were the detritus of Silicon Valley. And there were two communities that really were enabled by places like Weird Stuff, and in particular Weird Stuff. Of course, the retro computing scene is one, without question. How do I keep this old Commodore 64 going? I want to be able to interface my IBM, my original IBM PC to my brand new laptop. Weird Stuff had all the stuff to make that happen. And the second, of course, is the maker community. The ability to take old technologies and create new objects from them. 
is a key subset of the maker world. And I know more than one maker who was developing early 3D printers in the late 90s, early 2000s, who got all of their parts from weird stuff. All of it. But then there are the strange sideline uses. How many art directors for plays or short films or even feature films picked up pieces of their decor from weird stuff? But I think what weird stuff represented more to me than anything is extension. A slowing. A new old. I have a PC from 2001 that I still use occasionally, not all the time. But more than once, I've needed a DVD recorder or a way to interface a printer or a wireless card. And places like Weird Stuff made that possible and personal in a way. I wish people would spend more time looking at how to extend the technologies they have now to discover what their real needs are as opposed to the wants, and then use places like what Weird Stuff was and use them as tools to maintain those needs and occasionally even take a minor step forward every now and then instead of automatically replacing. Weird Stuff, of course, was battling a number of uphill battles. The first, of course, the Silicon Valley land rush skyrocketing rents, all of that sort of thing. But more so, it was fighting eBay, Amazon. The ability to order online anything you can imagine. And luckily, weird stuff was also on eBay. You could buy from them on eBay. Which is, in a way, sad. There's a less personal touch to it. Because one thing about weird stuff, and this is very true about so many different things, is it wasn't just the place you went to get that cable to hook up your old disk drive so you could capture some files. It was a place where you walked through and noticed that funky alarm clock you remember from when you had when you were a kid. Where you might find that eight-track tape of John Denver that you can play in that classic record tape player combo you had in your room that you've been wanting to pull from up from downstairs. It was the kind of place where you were experiencing, where you were soaked in a past. I never left there with just one thing. Even if I only needed one thing, there was always something else that I never knew I needed and it almost always turned out it was really exactly what I needed. Though I think more accurately, simply weird stuff was what I needed.